Yeah, like, I don't want some fucking monkey's paw to get me like, oh, no, I don't want to go back any further than tampons. Cool. Here's when you plugged your bullet holes with them. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. What genie are you going to for your time travel? Yikes. There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Loxley to the front. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find. Set it around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. They tried to malign my boy in this film. (laughs) Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Casey? Get out your wallets and get ready to spend some money because we're going to watch a blockbuster. Wait, what? This didn't make any money? Mm-mm. Oh, Mm-mm. never mind. We're going to watch a block blister. <laughs> Movies that they tried to shove in your face until the skin ripped off and it's just rubbing that raw pocket underneath. Yeah. Movies that should have done good but didn't. They didn't do done good. This movie's definitely going to succeed. Last week, we watched Cutthroat Island, which, honestly, I did not think it was that bad, but it was, like, the year every great fucking movie came out. I think, like, Apollo 13, like, a whole bunch of banging-ass movies dropped that same year, so it didn't really stand a chance. This week, Dave, you brought something that doesn't have as good of an excuse. What did you bring? It doesn't have as good of an excuse, but I do feel it has a little bit of a connection to last week's entry in that it is a huge pile of Hollywood money in desperate search of a home. Oh, yeah. Just for $20 at the movie theater, you can take this home to your brain and let it rot there. You know, it's just... It's a whole lot of money going to people with some degree of skill and just no artistic ability. So I went with a film that is a character we've all seen many, many times before because he's free for anyone to use and do whatever they want with. From 2018 starring Taron Egerton, we watched Robin Hood. That's his name. Taron Egerton. Yeah, Taron Egerton. That's what I said. Eggsy. Eggsy was the character in Kingsman. Yeah, I mean, technically. That's what I said, Eggy Egerton. Yeah, so and as a block blister goes, it had a budget of $100 million before advertising, and I remember a pretty strong advertising push on this movie. What? Uh, How much did it make? $86 million <laughs> worldwide. Oh, God, it's got some bills then. Yeah. It's got some bills to pay. Maybe it killed it in the streaming. You think? <laughs> oh, no, I'm trying to be fucking positive. I'm trying to be positive. Dave, we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. Dave, when you got sick of the 2020s and wished that you were in another time, maybe 12th century England wasn't exactly what you had in mind. Because you have just been drafted into the Crusades. In the 10 seconds before you're hauled off and fitted for a new suit of armor to shit yourself in, sell us on this movie. The Hollywood Blender strikes back with the King's Dark Hooded Nightman returns to Zero Dark 1630. Five seconds. And wow, you crammed a lot of film references in that were accurate. I understood maybe a third of that. (laughs) Maybe. Casey, 
I have just been sent violently far back in time. Um, it's not going to work out well for me long term. But unfortunately for you, one of the last things I do remember doing was when we hung out last weekend and you were telling me about all that genealogy research that your mm-hmm. family had been doing. Yeah. So about like, genies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and about your family history. I got to get a message back in time somehow. And like, that's the only through line I remember. Uh, but, you know, I'm kind of cumbersome, too. So you've got about 10 seconds before you're going to start pulling a back to the future fade out because I just started screwing with your family tree 400 years back in history. <laughs> thank God. Thank you. Wish you could have deleted me like 2016 ish. <laughs> in the time before that happens, sell us on this movie. Thin Lip Squareface tries to save his she and Emily Blunt from Armani model and all-around nice guy Jamie Dornan. Even ugly Wanda couldn't save Sherwood. Eight seconds. So let me explain my references. We got SpongeBob Squareface. We have the uh, Devil Wears Prada. We have In Living Color. Fucking God, this movie. Deep cut. If we're going to make sense of the many references that we keep jamming into Robin Hood, we're going to need to go over the movie that <laughs> Shitty Cinema won. Phrasing, I want to jam something into Robin Hood. Ah, what hey, is it? a sink hey. stopper. A sink stopper. <laughs> Finally, the Robin Hood origin story everyone has been asking for. I've, I've seen like five Robin Hood origin stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's the Disney cartoon one. There's the weird yeah. one from the 60s with the tights. There's there's the men in tights. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't, we don't need another. Like, we know who he is. Listen, you two, have Marvel and DC's endless reboots not taught you anything? God damn it, they're Spider-Manning it. <laughs> How can we understand a popular character from folklore? You know, even one that has... Hundreds of written adaptations and over a half a dozen films made about them without a lengthy origin story. How else would we know what motivates Robin to abandon his lordship and become an icon of the laborers? Puthy. (laughs) Robin hates taxes and sheriffs. Same. Same, girl. (laughs) Yeah, mood. Mood. That's it. We We don't need any more than that. Anyway, if you're not satisfied, I'll give you a longer version. Robin thinks the current wealth distribution is unjust. What? Okay. Yeah. What's next? We're going <laughs> to we're going to add contemporary political themes that you try to contextualize to medieval Europe? That's brilliant. Yeah. So like many poor American youth, Robin gets drafted <laughs> into the Crusades. <laughs> I forgot about the draft notice. Yes. The old draft notice. Robin discovers the brutality of the conflict, just like Afghanistan. I didn't even use the draft for Afghanistan. And he's sent it's... home to learn that he's been declared dead. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Dave, did you never watch a Three Doors Down music video? That was the draft. <laughs> if you connected deeply to that, like, I got to sign up now. Fair. Creed, hold me Fair. now. Hey, we didn't have to send any ye olde draft notices out on that one. <laughs> It makes me just think of Fatal Deviations, the scroll paper that they use to nail to the tree. Yeah. Like, you're being drafted, Loxley. <laughs> so since Robin's dead, the Sheriff of Nottingham takes his home and all of his belongings. 
And to make matters even worse, his wife Marion marries a dirty centrist. Um, dirty centrist? That dirty centrist is Jamie fucking Dornan, and he could give me a dirty <laughs> Sanchez. Fucking put some respect on it. I do not give a fuck. What? <laughs> fuck you. Okay. Yeah. So our dirty Sanchez centrist is named Will. <laughs> mm. When there's a will, there's a way. And I mean, yes, he's a political figure among the poor trying to help out the laborers, but he's also worried about the strategies and extremism Robin employs. Right. He's trying to not get more poor people killed, but that's that's tight. Yeah. You know what else is, Jamie? Anyway, how can he be better than the soldiers that take violently from laborers if he is also violent, right? That's that's right. how that works. I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. And at the end of the film, he abandons everything he believes in and becomes one of the villains anyways. So He's I, a centrist. Uh, I think we just we he was a he was a a sequel in search of an excuse. <laughs> Anyway, they weren't fucking married, and also he was declared dead, so bok bok. All right, well, Robin is helped out by John, who is, in this version, a Moor fighting on the side of the Muslims in the Middle East. Don't think about it too much. John follows Robin home. I see your after- face. Don't think about it. He said don't think about <laughs> don't it, Don't think Dave. about it, Dave. Why is, why is a man from Western Africa in the Middle East fighting on behalf of the Muslims with scarification, which is haram? To the Muslims. I don't know. I don't know. It looks cool. So John follows Robin home after Robin risks treason in a failed attempt to save John's son. Confronting Robin, John offers to mentor him so they can take out the financial backing of the Crusades. (laughs) I can't say that without laughing. You know, this one town is funding the whole Crusades. It's all in one big bank (laughs) in Nottingham. Yeah, they're trying to do, like, a, a, a take out the 1% wealth redistribution thing. It's Robin Hood. It kind of works. But also, you have shown me one extremely poor city that has been strangled <laughs> to death. And it's paying for all of the Crusades, plus some other bribes we haven't even talked about yet. Do we have to? We do. Oh, goddamn. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure, this version of the Sheriff of Nottingham is a deliciously evil, just I understated rage, willing to go to almost any length for power. He's a really, yes. really good villain. I enjoy him yes. a lot. But he's also bled this town dry from the moment the film starts. There's, there's, there's nothing left, and it's why he sends Robin off to war, just so he can take his things. He doesn't really take. He just kind of like, he lights the house on fire. I don't understand how that made anyone any money. He took all of his like furniture out and then was like, fuck this castle. I'm selling this furniture. <laughs> I think it's like a storage wars situation, like a Nottingham oh. storage wars. Like in here is a bunch of portraits of long dead people. Who wants it? We have to explain that this sheriff isn't working alone. See, he's under the employ of the Cardinal. Just <laughs> capital C yeah. Cardinal. He doesn't need another name. He's a big bird. Yeah. And red. <laughs> but there's no Prince John or King Richard here. It's just a conspiracy between the two of them. Until Robin shows up again, very much not dead. The sheriff hates the lords, and so Robin's return threatens his power. Part of John's master plan is for Robin to Bruce Wayne it by day. 
playing a rich playboy lord out for power and play hooded crusader at night. Robin manages to successfully schmooze the sheriff who forgets the Sith rule of two and takes on Robin as an apprentice. Ooh, that's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so Cardinal's Palpatine, which would make the sheriff Vader, I guess. Uh, is that so Robin's star killer is a little bit of a deep cut. That's not canon anymore <laughs> either. Aww. Aww. They've got some similarities. They've got some natural talents trying to figure out what they should do. And Robin does have some just ridiculously good bow work immediately. Incredible. The man's awesome with the bow and arrow. We got to talk about it. Yes. After a series of escalating steel from the rich give to the poor events, which establishes Robin's notoriety, it's Marion that stumbles on the aforementioned plot twist with the hardest air quotes I can possibly give you. <laughs> He's not even doing him that hard, listeners at home. Okay, here it is. The sheriff and the cardinal are funding both sides of the war to bring down England so they can rule. That's right. They're draining this one town to fund two war machines at the same time. Two so damn wars now at that the I've same excited, damn time. Now that I've excitedly said that, can someone explain to me how this works? Yeah, so they're paying for both sides of the crusades. And apparently sending, like, all of the money that they're making towards these ends. So what's their profit? <laughs> Question mark. Profit. Well, okay, so they, they said that they were going to try and take over the land from the king. But, I mean, how do you gain control of the land without the king if they're at war? I didn't understand a lot. And maybe okay, our right. British listeners can clear this up. Is this why all the old Robin Hoods ended with King Richard just showing up and going, hey, fuck all these guys and chopping heads off and everybody cheered? <laughs> um, maybe our old English listeners can help clear that up. It doesn't matter how the plot twist works, Jay. It just matters that it keeps the audience from becoming like Will, since after all, Robin's a thief. So the real bad guys must have some type of deep moral failing so that when we see them killed, we can cheer. I mean... I still don't understand how they gain control of the land without the king. I don't, I don't get how that works. I don't understand how they tried to make Jamie Dornan a fucking bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, having made it to the big table as the Lord of Loxley, Robin decides it's time for a revolution and reveals his identity to the laborers. We get five minutes of Robin's charm, and that's enough to convince them to join the revolution, which begins with the big ol' heist. Oh, we will talk about the heist more later. The plan itself works for the most part, as Robin and crew manage to steal the sheriff's final payment to the war effort. It's, it's just it's just like one. So I guess this whole war has been just on tab up to this point. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, it's not how wars work. It's not how revolutions work either, since the laborers are clearly unprepared for sustained conflict with trained soldiers. I guess since John was captured, and John is clearly the brains of the operation, it explains why Robin's plan was developed by the underpants gnomes. Step one, steal a wagon full of gold in transit around hundreds of soldiers ready to kill you just for existing. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. Yes. <laughs> it's called a business model. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, step two is watch your like weird old-timey English Nazis murder laborers, and then think that just giving yourself up is going to stop that. Yeah, that, that doesn't lead to three. I, there's more question marks. <laughs> it's actually question Give marks it all the way down. Yeah, yeah. 
Step two is one of those A, B, C, D. Multi-part. <laughs> oh, gotcha. A lot of sub-steps. You know, one of those like, oh, it's only three questions on the test today, kids. Don't worry. Fuck those fucking days. <laughs> the real step three is have John escape by killing his guard and stealing his armor. Then, while the sheriff is gloating over how he's about to kill Robin's ass dead, John springs a trap. <laughs> sort of. He punches people sort with of. his not fist. That would be a trap. It's going to trap you in unconsciousness if you get hit (laughs) with a fucking steel nub. Oh, through a metal helmet? Yeah, Yeah. that's going to ring your bell. Yeah. That's not going to be fun. (laughs) Robin and him manage to kill the absurdly small guard that the sheriff has around him. Then John stares into the sheriff's eyes as Robin shoots a rope attached to a pulley that hangs the sheriff in front of a stained glass window. Cinema. (laughs) Cinema. Highbrow. Robin and crew take off with the cash, declaring themselves outlaws. And frankly, I'm shocked that the writers missed the opportunity for Robin to call them his merry men. Uh, can we please have some fucking fun with this? <laughs> Come on. I didn't. You so no, slut. nobody else can. <laughs> and I feel that's the exact attitude of the person that fucking edited this and produced this. I'm not having fun and I don't want anyone else to. <laughs> Anyway, I guess would calling them the Merry Men have been better or worse than getting voiceover narration telling us that this origin story does not have a happy ending? Dun, dun, dun. I I was really confused that, you know, getting run out of your home, having a bunch of your friends murdered and everything taken from you was a really good ending. So, yeah, like, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Now that they're going to live in the goddamn woods, don't think that's a happy ending, folks. Right. Oh, I'm glad you cleared up my confusion. <laughs> well, Robin still got to bang out his she and Emily Blunt. Yeah, and they did steal a bunch of gold. So there's yeah, that. What, what purpose does gold have in the fucking woods? Uh, right. Though? That's my question. Okay. Bitch, you live in a tree. <laughs> I know. You know how squirrels love gold. They're always robbing people on the streets for their watches <laughs> and shit. Before we can really wrap up, we have to beg for a sequel or just a full-on Robin Hood extended universe. (laughs) Where Will slash Jamie Dornan gets his face burned and Girl Gone Will joins the Cardinal to become the new Sheriff of Nottingham. And there's, there's, he's more of like an Anakin thing now, so maybe he's the real Darth Vader. I would still hit it disrespectfully. (laughs) Wait, Will's the new Darth Vader? Yeah. Yeah, because he got his face burned. Right, and he got his face burned. You know, Anakin gets all burned up, which gets him the Vader outfit. I think Dave's right. And Dave had said that maybe the first sheriff should really be Count Dooku, yeah. and, and that's probably the right one. Yeah. The important thing is that they wear scary Hunger Games coats, and that's how you know who the villains My are. My God. Okay, right. let's talk about the visuals of this the aesthetics? movie. Please. The costuming felt like your friend's mom who's really good at like quilting and sewing saw equilibrium and is like we're not doing leather because leather's of the devil but we will do a nice cotton blend (laughs) from joanne's and tried to make updated versions of old-timey clothes like you're not equilibrium stop let me just stop you right there we need to establish the director's vision of this because it's apparently supposed to be looking into the sun and his <laughs> retinas have been burned historically out. Historically accurate, 
one third contemporary and one third futuristic. What was accurate? There were people yeah, there in were, the 12th century. There were people, and they had bows and <laughs> arrows one. sometimes. We've got and two. There were, there were, there were castles made of rock substances. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it was supposed to be one third accurate, one third contemporary, one third futuristic. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know what? So the church is like a good example if you think about that aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Like I sometimes can... some of the clothes when the church is depicted as a Judge Dread mega building, not so yeah, much. like yeah, a minimalist yeah. goth, can future contemporary wannabe feeling. The the inner chamber where they end up hanging the sheriff at is like the long, almost corporate looking chamber, but like churchified with. With weird stained glass windows in the back. And I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, Chase doing that at some point. More importantly, you know what other movie can be described as one-third accurate, one-third contemporary, one-third futuristic? Hmm. The 1999 Beowulf starring Christopher Lambert. (laughs) Oh, that movie's terrible. I love that movie. I do, too, but it's not a movie you want to be compared to. Wait a minute. I got to see that. Oh, it's great. It's not. It's great. Uh, okay. Here, here's a different movie I would compare it to. So compare this Robin Hood to Romeo plus Juliet, right? Where Romeo plus Juliet is the classic story of Romeo and Juliet with a contemporary aesthetic. And It's one-third accurate does... because they keep all the fucking lines. Yeah. Yeah, but like an axe is a shotgun, right? And their horses are cars. And... And their their castles are these corporate mega towers. All of that works because it's still the same story. Here, it it really is more like shoving contemporary stuff into medieval Europe, and it feels really weird. Yeah, the 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 modern political shit shoved into the framework of Robin Hood is just clunky and awkward and bullshit. If it didn't have so many like action scenes like pretty good action scenes this would feel like a bad sci-fi channel movie yeah very yeah. much so. like, that is it, absolutely the vibe every like every part of it is running away from itself because it's trying to do <laughs> so many things and none of them well um it's i would say the action is the best part of this they probably poured the most money into the action scenes yeah, and you can tell. Like, do I like them? Absolutely right, yeah. not. <laughs> but okay. are they the best part of the movie? Are, Hands yes. fucking down. Are they good action? And not really. Like, there's some individual moments we can talk about that there's arguments to be made. But I watched this movie actually a while ago, and I've been looking for an excuse to bring it to shitty cinema. Fuck you! You knew? I absolutely did know. Ah! I, yeah. <laughs> And the reason I brought it is specifically for two of the action scenes in this movie. Um, The first one being when Robin is at war in definitely not Afghanistan. And everyone is running around with bows and arrows held like they're M16s. And it's filmed like it's Black Hawk fucking down. Right. With the the shaky handy cam. And they've got some guy in a barracks. They've got a machine gun metal arrow shooter. Machine gun crossbow. It's Machine gun crossbow. The bolts tear through brick fucking support. Name, bitch. <laughs> just, 
tear through concrete supports. And that scene, I see now what the director was going for with the, like, ooh, we're going for a contemporary thing, but, like, with some of the, like, original authentic pieces. And in that scene, it is the most confused mess of an action (laughs) sequence that I've seen in so long. Yeah, they're like, Loxley, go in eagle formation. (laughs) It's it's awful. It's yeah, all it's, like Jarhead. It, I love that they're calling them by their location. Yeah. It's just, it's a really, really terrible example of like, ooh, let's update this old thing with new modern stylings because there was a reason it's done in that style. And you know what? Bows and arrows are a hard weapon to use in a modern action movie. They don't, they don't go well for like high tension action sequences. They're kind of like a sniper sequence. You sort of want right. to. Yeah, yeah. They're better as a sniper. Right. Everyone who thinks the Hawkeye scenes is wrong and can fight. Hawkeye is not an exciting character. Fuck Hawkeye and his stupid bow. But that brings me to the second action sequence in this movie that made me bring it, which is the not the high sequence, which is the escape from the treasury sequence. I I was going to guess it was that. Yeah. Which because you know what. The bow and arrow is a really hard weapon to do anything dynamic with on screen. And while it's not really well filmed, I would have liked to have seen all the stunt works in this sequence better. There is a Kingsman style sequence when Eggsy Egerton breaks out of the treasury with his bow and arrow and uses it in a ton of really dynamic ways. Shooting people, grabbing the arrow to hold them in place, wrapping it around their head to slap him in the face with the bow. It was a really cool, fun sequence. That was. That was a fun and exciting sequence. Leading up to it, the the Nottingham's 11 was not great. <laughs> when it went sideways, it was very predictable. Ugh. Yeah. But the visually, it was fun. It was my favorite part of the film by far because I agree that the really creative use of the bow of this is – um. This feels more like, uh, I guess, a Kingsman-y version of what you'd want to see a Legolas-style character do Absolutely. with a bow yeah. and arrows and, like, pulling them out of people and refiring them and having the multiple arrows in the hand. I, I thought that was absolutely awesome. Like I, I'd watch Legolas, Wick. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, and the thing with bows is if you set them at a time where bows are the dominant projectile weapon, you could have some fun with it, and, and this proves that you could do that. I would really... Love to see it without its shortcomings of the cinematography where we actually give a wider shot and some space to breathe and we get some cool fucking arrow shots. That would be the shit. Yeah, definitely. They do some really cool stuff during that sequence with the bow and arrow. But then the times when you would normally be doing like a traditional bow and arrow scene, they kind of just don't. Like when he has a training montage with Little John. And it and he teaches him an entirely different way to shoot in like thirty seconds. It's yeah. shot like a fucking music video, and it's weird. <laughs> and the beginning of that though is wild because this is part of where I started to get really angry about the archery in this movie. Um, not because of the stupid using it like M16s, but uh, <laughs> John John tells Robin to fucking shoot him from like fifty yards away. And just swats the fucking arrow out of the air. And I'm like, no, you didn't. And then he starts walking closer and tells him to keep shooting. And Robin's trying to shoot John. And John's, like, knocking these away. Catches the last Dodging. one of the staff. Right. Yeah. And it, it's, 
I'm like, ah, and then he's telling Robin to jump while he shoots. And I'm like, why would you jump when you're shooting a fucking bow and arrow? He didn't catch the last one. He snapped off the end of it before Robin could release it. Oh, yeah. And then popped him with it. And I was like, do we really have the resources to be wasting right now? Right. That was was actually my exact thought because he breaks the tip off of the arrow and is like, aha, I'm going to stab you. But my exact thought was, why isn't Robin going, I have to make those by hand. (laughs) And you still want me to get up and make everyone breakfast? Like, what the fuck? That's like 45 minutes worth of work. (laughs) Yeah. Lesson. Take the lesson, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're going to tell every other part of a Robin Hood story, why aren't we doing the archery contest? Yeah, I know. Right? Especially because of how much fun they were willing to have with the archery. Right. Like you're doing some really cool, really fun stuff with the archery, but then you're not going to have him like split the arrow and do that kind of stuff. No, instead, let's replace it with a goddamn like mine. Yeah. So yeah, is is the archery in this accurate? I don't know. Um, apparently, there's at least one dude on YouTube who can pull it off, but it's at least fun. Yeah, yes. And it's about the only goddamn part of this film that fucking That's is. The only Correct. fun I had, uh, and it's almost two hours long. I I have some fun with two of the characters, and maybe maybe it's the actors playing the characters. I think both the sheriff and John. Uh, Jamie Foxx, I have some, and, and the sheriff, by the way, is played by Ben Mendelsohn, um, who is fucking fantastic in this. He's good, I and I really enjoy the character. At one point, we get a, a sequence where he exposes to Robin Hood that he got just the shit kicked out of him. He got butt-fucked with a broom handle point. as a kid, and it just <laughs> made me think. Okay, I um, wasn't. Oh, <laughs> that, well, that's. That's what he said. The movie doesn't spell it out. It's heavily. Uh, but, uh, I, I was getting the same message Casey was from that. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. And it just sure. made me think of Broken Lizard when the guy got a um, paddle ball paddle shoved up his <laughs> ass. And then, like, the handle, he's like, no, no. I shit little pancakes. <laughs> like, that's all I could think of. Thanks for ruining that for me, Broken Lizard. That was a little bit extra to add in, and I personally don't like when, like, oh, we have to give the, like, overwhelmingly villainous character some sort of sympathetic plot element. No, you don't. They can just be a shitbag we're happy to see die. Oh, see, I liked that because I don't think it made him any more sympathetic. It felt more explanatory and adding, like, some nuance to him, and it also gave Robin the chance to have that sick burn later. Oh God! Yeah, he brought it up. That's, that's true. Yeah, I don't know if that's a, with a boomstick. <laughs> yeah, Robin and the rape jokes. I don't like that. <laughs> Cancel his ass. <laughs> Bye. But I, I do have to say, I love the sheriff of Nottingham. If nothing else, than for being the deliverer of a line so much better than this movie deserved. When Tim mentions uh, Father Tuck is talking about how he had to go with uh yeah. go with the church and go with what he believed in with god and the sheriff says just remember god's up there i'm down here that is yeah. hard as hell yeah no i think that's like something your mom says to you when she's really pissed at you like yeah. that felt like a mom burn yes it did and that was just after he asked him how he could love a god that gave him a face like that also true <laughs> Man, we don't got a pile on Tim mention like that. 
know, right? <laughs> Poor Tim. I was kind of getting Robert Patrick vibes off of this guy, so I wonder if that was like ad libbed and everybody just <laughs> went with it. I I don't know. Ben Mendelsohn. I I read some people bitching. I guess Ben Mendelsohn plays a bad guy in a bunch of popular films that I haven't watched. So they're like, oh, another Ben Mendelsohn being a bad guy. I think he's he fucking fantastic. Fine. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. Like, he, I'm he comes in, he punches his clock, and he goes home. Like, it, yeah, I think he delivered. He did a better performance than most of the people in this film. So agree. Hard go agree. Ben, earn your fucking paycheck, Mister. He's unquestionably either the best or the second best performance in this film. It's, I think Jamie Foxx does a really good job. I think it's a little cheesy at times, but like I appreciate him no being a bit lines. campy. I he barely has any lines. Agree. He's not in it enough. Yeah, I like the idea of Jamie Foxx's yeah. uh, character. I don't at all like the execution because. <laughs> I literally and figuratively, actually, because the backstory of the character is that Jamie Foxx's son gets murdered before his eyes and Robin Hood kind of tries to stop it and fails. Yeah. So Jamie Foxx lives in like the shit collector of a boat for several weeks to go with him and simp for him and teach him how to use a bow in a better way. What? Yeah, okay. You put it that way, it sounds deeply stupid. It does sound deeply stupid, because it is deeply <laughs> stupid. Here's an idea. Why didn't we cast Jamie Foxx in the role of Robin Hood and Squarehead as Little John? I guess the director was super excited about getting Egerton as... He, he waited, because uh, this was supposed to start filming in 2016, but that's when they did Kingsman, and he waited for him to finish that up so that they could do... Have him as Robin Hood. And also, you'll notice that there's no scenes of Egerton on a horse because he's terrified of horses. And the director was like, yeah, we don't need Robin Hood on a horse. Yeah, honestly, I love the casting of Taron Egerton as Robin Hood and Jamie Foxx as Little John in an action-y Robin Hood movie. Um, Taron's great in Kingsman. And Jamie Foxx actually puts in a lot of fucking work in action movies. I really, really yeah. respect him. Yeah, I wish we would have had more of him with, you know, yeah. kicking ass. Yeah, could we get an actual montage of him training Robin Hood rather than just one scene and now Robin's great and Jamie right. leaves again for a while? I, I'm i not crazy about Taron as Robin Hood. Um, I think that he's... Is, <clears throat> He's charming, which is good because I, you know, Robin Hood is as good as charming. But I feel like that's the only thing his acting chops brought to this, besides some of the action stuff. Which Was is, he which charming? Good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess yeah. if we're gonna talk about the movie that they made, let's talk about it in the movie they made. He's a great Bruce Wayne. Like, yeah. He's <laughs> sure. Right. <laughs> okay. Let me pause you right there and say, Jamie Dornan would have been better, way Probably. more charming. Yeah. Agreed. Better Bruce Wayne. I, I did love the scene where uh, Robin goes to the church and people are donating like a coin, a coin, a coin. And he takes a fucking bag and slowly starts dumping the coins out. So and it's it's, you know, a church. So everything echoes mm-hmm. and you just hear it fucking hitting the metal and he's pouring. That was that was fun. Yeah. I dug that. In terms of like uh, uh, putting a new spin on the Robin Hood character, having him play the like. Bruce Wayne style, I'm in support of the war publicly, was kind of a fun twist on the character. Yeah, especially when he's giving them their own money back to them. Yeah. Like, yeah, 
okay, I can have fun with this. Yeah, I really wanted a scene where he paid them back in their own bags, but you know, right, we didn't right. quite go that obvious right. with it. Sir, these are quarters. I know. <laughs> I know. So if we're if we're gonna have more Jamie Foxx in it too, I would love to have seen them use the metal hand more. There's one scene where he uses it creatively, and it's where he wraps a rope around it and uses it to rappel down into a moving carriage. Yeah. Other than that, like we don't even hardly see him club anyone with it, and it's a great clubbing hand. It looks like right. Wolverine's hand in Age of Apocalypse where it's cut off. Yeah. It, in case we didn't establish that, uh, Little John gets his hand cut off in the Crusades and then sort of welds a metal stump over the end of it that he can just smack people around with. But yeah, they don't they don't really do anything with it. He mostly fights with a axe handle throughout the film that he just smacks people around with, which is very, very cool. But like, give him some kind of a bladed weapon, man. Okay. He gets his hand cut off by Robin Hood's commander in the army who ends up coming back to be like i'm gonna kill this robin hood guy because i'm like a blackwater freelance man now people pop (laughs) and he's like now i don't have to be nice to you because you've already legally died once that is how that works yeah absolutely yeah Let's add him into the pile of villains along with the sheriff of nottingham the cardinal we've also got guy gisborne whatever who is just yeah, Key of Gisborne. He's he's the most like Blackwater down motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, yeah. This is remember when we watched the A Team and they had that guy that was just I the was PMC just guy, say same that. guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's a real Harry Hogan looking motherfucker, is what I'm right. saying here. He's completely unnecessary to the film, other than. We had all these other villains and realized none of them are even close to Robin Hood, like, combatively. So we just got to throw him in there. We need a military guy, too, now. He wasn't a very fun bad guy. He wasn't fun like the sheriff. Also not fun, Friar Tuck. Why didn't they let Tim Minchin mint around? Yeah, Friar Tuck's a great character. He's played by Tim Minchin, who is absolutely hilarious. And then he gets... Almost no screen time. He's apparently an integral part of the, uh, the the revolutionary group that's working behind the scenes when Robin shows up. But, like, we never actually see that because the movie's so goddamn overstuffed with other characters. We don't have fucking time for it. I wanted to like this take on Tuck because it's it still has, like, sort of a, the meek, meandering, almost, like, bumbling, soft, good guy Tuck character that we tend to see over and over and over, but with this subversive edge of him working behind the scenes to do things, but, but we get none of it. And he's, when he's on screen, it's not very good. No, it's, you know what it is, is the movie has so much else going on and Friar Tuck's a very convenient character for this, that they just use him for all the exposition. Every time they need to explain more backstory, like, oh shit, Robin's back from the war. Okay, your house is gone and Marion's with this other dude and everybody's in the mines now and the sheriff took everything. Oh shit, okay, bye bye. Bye, I'll see you in 20 (laughs) minutes. And then they rush off to the next scene and he doesn't have time to do anything fucking funny. They should have not given him any lines and just had him react to what was going on around him. It would have been a better (laughs) film. Let him play three poofs, two pianos. Please. Agreed. And then the movie's over. Five poofs and two pianos. Five poofs. Well, there's only three in the film. Him, Eggie Eggerson, and Jamie Dornan. They actually use Tim Minchin for the opening monologue and the closing like voiceover narration. 
and yet there's not a goddamn joke in any of it. Like, not one. What did you spend your money on this for? <laughs> I know. I'm bummed. I would love to see more Tim Minchin come across shitty cinema. That is a man who it can be very, very good in his performances and is fucking hilarious. One of the movies that the producers of this film really liked was V for Vendetta. So they went real hard in on imagery of like hood masks. Oh, so that's why they, they had the... The hood they were like, nailed yeah, nailing them yeah, on yeah, the walls, but they all like stuck out like they were crispy. So like, right? I hope they were starching them. I hope that's why they're crispy. <laughs> they're a bunch <laughs> of I don't like hoods. Just everybody nail your cruster hood to the wall, please. How do I do a better accent than Kevin Costner? My favorite thing was that they nail like four or five of them in one spot. Yeah, no, the, it looks like an art installation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Someone has very deliberately spaced these things out. And everybody's starch is the same consistency, too. <laughs> like, I like how air quotes you starch. Starch. It's another example. Of, it, it's another spot where this movie is just a pile of money in search of something to do with it. Because it's clear that, like... <laughs> Thought has gone into it. It has been laid out very well in terms of, like, composing a shot. There's just no soul yep. behind any of them. Maybe that's why everything feels like a music video to me. Maybe. I, I agree that there's no soul. It's another example of there's a lot of ideas that were really good and no reason to string them together. Yeah, they love this idea of Robin Hood as... Like some sort of like a revolutionary figure leading people forward, but they don't have any real reason for that to happen. So it just does. Like, why can't Robin Hood just be the guy that's good at fighting and the guy who's the revolutionary is like saying, hey, we need protection over here. But like you not every hero has to be his own boss. Right. Like if you're going to if you're going to include the character of Will and Marion as well in there, which you probably shouldn't have because they both sucked and just wasted time. <laughs> they did. But if you're going, God, yeah. but if you're going to, I thought that was going to be the way that it worked was that Robin Hood was going to be the Batman figure that was just sort of almost mythical and then Will was going to actually incite people to a revolution as right. an right. actual figurehead. Which would have which would have been a much better fucking story. Right. And then Marion is the soup kitchen hottie. It's probably bang she's a Jean Grey. She's banging them both. If you're just gonna blatantly steal scenes from the Batman movies and put them in here, why wouldn't you do the Harvey Dent thing as well too? Right. Right. They tried to and then they immediately abandoned it. As it's... soon as like Robin Hood started sniffing around that poos, they started yeah. making Jamie yeah. Dorn and a bad guy. Will, whatever. When I say that they're stealing scenes, I don't mean they have similar themes. I mean, at one point, Maid Marian tells him, I know you, and Robin of Loxley is the mask, not Robin Hood. And just yeah. gag me with yes. a fucking spoon. Right, right. I'm like, oh, good. Batman again. You remember that? You like yeah. that. that. You like this. Popular. You like it here? With a box office loss of at least $15 million before advertising, it's unlikely that the Robin Hood cinematic universe is going to continue after this. But we need to ask the question that we do every week. So somewhat knowing the answer already, Casey, I'm going to start things off with you. 
from 2018 <laughs> starring Taryn Egerton. Robin Hood, would you watch it again? That's the name I've been saying the whole time. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, Got it right. In the plus column, Janie, Jamie Dornan. In the minus column, his shirt's on the whole fucking time. They never, it, it doesn't get hot in a mine. That's always Can you your show minus. me him in the mine? <laughs> well, no, they usually, every show he's in, they usually pop that top off. He's a fucking Armani model. Why wouldn't you? Do you show the cars in, J- in James Bond's movies? Yeah, because it's one of the best parts of the movie. It's She's it's a hallmark. Wrong. She's not wrong. Anyway, um, minus everything else. Uh, there was a couple good fight scenes with the bow action where he like slaps a guy in the throat with it, and I was like, ow. And he's like firing like arrows and shit, and also crushing this guy's larynx. Um, the arrow play was cool, but no, this fucking dragged on forever. I don't like Sandy Explodey movies, so like any kind of Defcom sick shit, I, just not for me. Not gonna yuck your yum. I just don't enjoy it. There was a lot of that. Jay, <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion since you would be rather willing to expose yourself to Kevin Costner than this film, but I have to out of duty alone ask you. 2018's Robin Hood. The Hood. Is it just Robin Hood? Just Robin Hood. It's just Robin Hood. I'm surprised they didn't shorten it to Robin. Or like Rob. Rob Hood. 2018's Robin Hood. Oh shit. Starring his name is not on the screen in front of me. Aaron Egerton. Would you watch it again? There is a lot of stuff about Robin Hood that I really like and i i want to like taryn i i thought uh <laughs> i thought that ben mendelson was a great sheriff he's fun and evil i really enjoy jamie fox i maybe this isn't the best performance that he's ever given it surely isn't but i had fun with him in it i love the revolutionary elements i yeah they're sanded off at the edges but some of that really you know they they spend some time critiquing the institutions and the systems and that's great and in fact in the beginning the sheriff even quotes george fucking bush talking about how they hate us for our freedoms which i (laughs) fucking was just like what what all right all right so now watch this and then he hits a hole in one I enjoy picking on Jamie Dornan as the enlightened centrist. That's a lot of fun. However, and let me just stress how much I hate this. They call Robin Rob throughout the entire movie. And I haven't said shit this entire time. (laughs) I've been holding it inside. But oh my God. No, I know that you're trying to get some future shit and some contemporary shit. But the man's name is Robin Hood, not Rob. He's not Rob. Stop doing that to me. And I'm not going to watch it again because I'm so fucking angry about that. That's the hill that I'm going to die on. So, no, I would not watch 2018 Robin Hood again because his name is fucking Robin. Dave, what about you? You did this. You're a fucking bad man. Would you watch Robin Hood again? It's not Bruce Wayne. It's Brew. (laughs) (laughs) Call me Brew. Yeah, they do. They do throughout most of the film call him Rob instead of Robin. They also never call him Robin Hood. He's the hood during that yeah. period, which I hate so goddamn much. I feel right. like that, that feels very Matt Rife and Todd. needs that, to tread carefully. Right. That is some very, like, CW, the Flashverse bullshit, and I do not support <laughs> it. 
And I totally agree with you, Jay. There's a lot in this movie that I actually really like about it. I like the villain. There's some really creative action sequences, but I don't think that's why there's a lot in this movie I like about it. I think it's because this movie is just a lot of things from movies I like. (laughs) Yeah. So the question is, why wouldn't I, instead of watching this again, go watch the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Returns or V for Vendetta or like literally even the fucking Hunger Games has elements of this movie that you could just go watch instead of this. So assuming that that one scene where he escapes from the treasury and does the cool bow and arrow shit is on YouTube and I can just go watch that. I'm probably not going to watch Robin Hood again. (laughs) And yet you decided to bring this shit. Yeah. What is the name of our podcast? So that's it, Cinemites. 0 for 3 on watching Taron Egerton's Robin Hood again. That's what I said. But what about you? Have you seen it? Would you watch it again? Let us know. Don't take that band aid off yet. We are not through Blockbuster Month. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at casey.cinema, like us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. You know, uh, throw us a couple of your gold coins. Patreon slash shitty cinema. We're not witchers, Casey. Yeah, you can throw gold coins at me. I'm yeah, not I mean, I'll take that. it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Um, and <laughs> or check Ow, the show notes for you. those links. Ow, thank you. Ow, thank In you. the meantime, <laughs> let's turn out the lights. Get our machine gun crossbow. And figure out who's not picking up their dog shit in the morning. Huh? <laughs>